Welcome to the Queer Confidence Podcast, the podcast to help you become your most confident queer self. I'm your host, he, she, they, Coach Alex Ray, and I haven't always been this confident. In fact, I used to be super insecure. And through this show, I want to share with you what's worked for me, my clients, and my guests so that you can become more confident. Hello, unicorns. Welcome. How have you been enjoying this series? This exploration into the gay porn uh, world has just been one of my favorite series on the podcast. And I know I always say that. I'm so, everything's my favorite. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, It's been really neat, though, talking with uh, Davey Wavy, with, um, with Nick, the the sex coach that we brought on the podcast with these porn stars slash creators slash models. Y'all it's been a really awesome journey. And, um, I want to kind of wrap up our journey here with one kind of final take on performers. And this is going to be from my own perspective as a go-go boy. I've been dancing, here in San Diego for, I think four, has it been four months now? Are we at four months? Yeah. Um, I started not long after I moved here and, um, it is a way that I make some more money, which is nice, but let me tell you what, it's not like it pays a whole lot. (laughs) I think it can probably, um, if I were to do it more, but I'm doing it more for fun because I really enjoy being out uh, in the crowds. I love performing. I'm sure that is not a surprise for any of you. And I love dancing. I love, love, love just shaking my body to the beat. It's so fun and refreshing for me. So it's been a really fun way to get out and be in the gay community here, but without also having any pressure to drink because I get to just be there. I get to dance. I get to perform. I get to do all the things I love without needing to do the things that I don't love, which I don't like drinking anymore. And so I did always feel pressure when going out, um, especially with new people um, and trying to make new friends in the area, um, that there's like this expectations that that I would drink and I wouldn't. And, um, then having to deal with sloppy drunk friends is, I don't know. It's just uh, uncomfortable. It's not fun for me. So this is a way that I can be in the community in a way that I really enjoy. So perspective number one that I want to offer you today is exactly that, that you can cater your, um, get creative in how you cater your experiences to be something that you enjoy. You don't have to, um, you don't have to go out and, you know, in a way that you don't want to, and you could get little side jobs if you wanted that allow you to have, um, more sense of autonomy and more control over the scenarios that you want to, you know, if you want to go out and you want to dance, but you don't want to drink and you kind of want to be the center of attention. Um, hello, be a go-go boy or go-go girl or, or go-go they, you know, just go have fun. (laughs) Okay. So as a performer though, I have really seen another side to the community and it's something that really disappointed me because I was so I think had this fantasy, oh, you know, hey, we're different in the queer community. Um, We are so much more respectful of each other. 
And I felt this sort of sense of camaraderie with, you know, the, the queer people at the bars that were there. Now, in many ways, I've found that. And I have found many really awesome personal and business connections through dancing. I really have. I think it's been one of the most, uh, one of the best decisions I've made as far as meeting people quickly in a new place. So if you do move to a new place and you're looking to meet people, I highly recommend if you like dancing, again, it's a great option. Um, but it has given me a really disappointing uh, reality check on our community. And I thought and assumed that we would be a whole lot more respectful than perhaps a like straight strip bar or something, you know, um, where there are female dancers there for like men's pleasure, you know, a, a traditional strip co- club or gentleman's club. What a stupid name. Um, <laughs> anyway, I was very incorrect. And I would say actually our community is possibly worse and i'll get to that in a section in a second um possibly worse in the way that we treat dancers um at least as far as consent goes and so shortly after i started this series which was you know i started to explore the the porn industry and um perform sex sex performers i realized that I had my own story to kind of share here too. And so I want to rewind back to my childhood for you and talk with you about a story that I've brought up many times in therapy throughout the years. And um, it is that when I was about seven years old, um, we were at the pool with some friends and um, this kid, this friend who was like a year, almost two years older than me, um, told me, hey, let's go to the bathroom real quick. And I said, okay. And so we went to the bathroom at the pool, and uh, he encouraged me to, like, hey, we're going we're gonna to pull down our pants, and we're going to touch our penises together. And after we, you know, at six years old or seven years old, I didn't, understand anything other than there was curiosity for what do other people's bodies look like right and um after that he goes okay we just had sex and then ran out of the bathroom and i remember feeling so much shame and humiliation and just this overwhelming sense that i've done something wrong and of course at that age you don't know what sex is (laughs) or at least i didn't maybe some people did Um, But I did not know what sex was other than I knew it was something that was for adults only and like you were supposed to be married and that was that. And so I felt a whole lot of, of shame and I didn't feel like I could go to my parents to talk with them about it. I felt like I had done something wrong and that it was my fault. Um, And I also felt really, I felt like my my opportunity to have a say was taken away. I did not have an opportunity for consent. 
I had been tricked into doing something that if I had known ahead of time that that was sex, obviously it wasn't. But if I had, you know, if he had informed me ahead of time, hey, we're going to have sex, I wouldn't have done that. Um, so to find out afterwards that according to him, we had just had sex was uh, terrifying. And um, it really, like, it really fucked with my head. So fast forward to now, um, a few weeks after this series, after I started recording for this series, I had an encounter while dancing where, um, you know, I'm squatting down. Someone's like, which is normal. They want to put money in my underwear. It's great. It's so fun. But this guy decided he wanted more and reached in through my underwear and like fingered around trying to find my butthole. Um, of course I turned around and was like, no. And it felt so weird. And I didn't really, you know, I felt very uncomfortable with that. I don't want people reaching in my underwear and feeling around for my privates. Um, we are here as performers for your entertainment and any kind of fantasy that goes on in your head i don't mind you can fantasize all you want however when it comes to actually physically getting me involved i want the opportunity for consent i want to be asked whether i'm into this or not do not just force your body onto in around whatever my body no thank you um so anyway, I felt really uncomfortable, but kind of didn't know what I what to do. And I felt the familiar sense of guilt or shame, like it was my fault. Like by dancing in my underwear, I was asking for it. And a few minutes later, another woman actually came over from the same group and she tipped me and this time in the front of my underwear but she grabbed or reached inside my underwear all the way and grabbed my penis. And as soon as she did that, I kind of like swiped her hand out of my underwear and said uh, no and stood right back up. And that was the moment that I just went into like a freeze response. I was absolutely, um, like kind of just shocked. Um, I really in the moment could not distinguish whether or not I had done something wrong, whether I had almost deserved this in a way, whether I had had encouraged it in fact, whether or not I even had the right to say no, whether or not um, it was something that was even appropriate to ask for help on or go to security about or anything. In my head, in that moment, when someone touched me in a way I really did not want, in a public place, it fucked with my head. And I went right back to that little kid who was in the bathroom, who was touched in a way he would not have wanted had he had more information. And so... It really gave me another perspective as I continued um, recording for this series 
another perspective that I really wanted to be important and to show through. Now, I already have for a while, um, I, I just see performers differently. Um, for example, like with cancel culture and everything, I don't really understand um, why everyone gets so so upset when celebrities do shitty things. I expect it because celebrities are still humans. And so I, d- I believe that there are the performers, right, that we kind of hold in high esteem we hold that like fantasy character up high, but the human themselves, I absolutely expect that every single person we love and adore, um, no matter how amazing their kind of public persona is, I know that their private persona is fucked up. That's just, they're humans and they should be allowed to be that way. So I don't idolize humans. I, I don't, know that I ever really have um, in the way that I see culture kind of putting up humans on these pedestals. Um, They're just obviously flawed people that are going to fuck up and make mistakes. Um, And so the same thing with, with performers, like I love talking with performers about, Hey, what actually is you, you know, who are you? What is your life like? What are you interested in? What, you know, gets you out of bed in the morning? What are you excited for? I'm so fascinated and interested in the humans behind the performance, behind the celebrity uh, face. And so I really wanted to create a series in which we could do that, where we could have conversations here on the podcast and go behind the scenes and be just human and let performers sort of be the humans without their, you know, offstage, backstage, if you will. And uh, after the, after, you know, my being assaulted on stage multiple times and um, one or two other incidences have happened since then. None quite as quite as far as those, but still scenarios that made me extremely uncomfortable. Um, I really decided it was it was appropriate for me to kind of conclude this series with my own story because I really want to humanize the industry. And I want to help you just think about how the humans that we love to watch perform, whether these are drag queens, porn stars, dancers, celebrities, uh, music artists, anyone there is a performer that you see there is this sort of larger than life persona that you get the opportunity to interact with and then there's the real actual human there and they're different and the performer you get to enjoy and fantasize and let your mind go crazy with that's what we performers love to do is give you an experience like a show, like a, like a TV show, like a movie, right? We're leading you on a journey. 
However, when we perform, it is one-sided. We perform to lead you on an experience and for you to have the experience you want in your head. It is not an invitation for you to act out your fantasy or for you to take control of the stage. You are not the director, right? For you to take control of the stage and take over and enforce yourself upon us. Now, my guess is, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are not one of these people that does that. (laughs) You probably keep your hands to yourself. You probably don't chase down or stalk celebrities to try to force them to interact with you in a way that you want, right? You're not chasing down Lady Gaga going, I can't believe she's such an asshole because she won't respond to my DMs, right? (laughs) Beyonce is not on your shit list because you haven't been able to, like, have lunch with her yet this week. And yet, sometimes people do act that way with um, perhaps, like, online uh, influencers, And that would be a really fun industry to explore here. Hmm, Maybe that'll be a future podcast series. I don't know. But with online influencers, with actors, with, with all these different types of performers, we as a society have sort of different expectations, I think, depending on the level. And I don't really think that it should be such a different, um, a different perspective of what we allow and don't allow and what we expect from these different performers. When anyone's performing it for you, whether they are just the go-go boy at the, uh, at the bar or whether they are an A-list celebrity, either scenario, it doesn't change the fact that these are performers giving a show to an audience and these performers are 100% human. They've got flaws and traumas just like every other human. And no one, no human wants to have another human's will forcefully imposed on them. And so just to give you a little bit of an update on how I've been handling the scenario, um, I'm so thankful, first of all, that I have a very, very supportive boyfriend who has been a- who has been there for me through all of this and who I've been able to uh, share this with. And we talked about it and came up with a plan to talk with security ahead of time. And so he's actually going to go with me to do that because I, when I went to go kind of do it on my own, um, again, had just a freeze response. So this is an an example of how trauma stays with us and how uh, it's not just a matter of thinking your way out of a scenario. Let me pick on the life coaching industry for a moment. Uh, A lot of times within the industry, unfortunately, um, many life coaches just encourage people to 
uh, fix their thinking when they're having some kind of unwanted life experience. And it's not that simple. I would love to have just fixed my thinking and realize that it is a problem for someone to reach into my underwear because that same thing would not be happening, as my therapist pointed out. That would not be happening in like a bar where there are women dancing for men. Like, if a man got up and shoved his hand in one of the dancers' underwear, like, he'd be fucking kicked out right away. And that's not really the same way it's treated within the gay bars. So I want to help change that. I want to be part of that shift. And it takes conversations with the management and it, and security and um, with the other performers. We've got a ways to go here, right? But there needs to be this new expectation that uh, we don't we we don't allow people uh, to just impose their will on others like that. And so, uh, again, back to having a supportive boyfriend. I really am thankful that he had like told me or has told me he he's volunteered to come have these conversations with me when it's time to go. Um, meet with the managers, um, and I'll talk with security ahead of time. We have a whole bunch of ideas like set up to prevent this from happening in the future. But it can't it can't stop with me, right? Like it's not just oh, I need to just take care of this for myself because there is really not just it's not just on the individual to take care of everything. This is a a problem with the community that we can all be part of solving. So I highly recommend if you ever see someone doing something that you're like, oh my God, okay, I'm pretty sure that person is making that performer really uncomfortable. Speak up if you can. Say something. Um, Say something to the person being problematic. Or if you don't feel comfortable saying something to them, another amazing thing you could do is be a supportive voice to a performer that you see is being um, assaulted or abused verbally or physically by anyone. Just saying, hey, I saw that that thing happened. That's not okay. Are you all right? Is really validating and very encouraging. Um. And then I think it's also on us as performers in the community to actually set up a different expectation for what is and is not allowed. And if you are okay with people touching you without your consent, then that's fine, right? This this is not for you then. But for those of you who are in the camp like I am where you love to perform but don't love to be uh, touched without your consent, then it's on us to start having these conversations. Let's have them with each other first. If it doesn't feel safe to go to um, any kind of authority like managers or security or whatever, but let's have these conversations with each other. Let's have these conversations with our friends who can support us. Let's have these conversations with our therapists, with our coaches, with our partners, with whoever is your support system have the conversation with them. The thing that I realized throughout this 
experience is I really kind of needed to go through this again. I really am glad that I've gone through this again. And it's been a really wonderful opportunity to actually get the support that I didn't have and was afraid of even asking because I could have gone and talked to my parents when I was seven years old when that sexual assault happened. But I didn't because I was afraid that I did something wrong. And so what I'm doing now is breaking that pattern. And if you have had any kind of similar experience, you're going to have to end up doing the same thing. You have to break the pattern. You have to go through that experience again. And you need to have the support on your side who is um, going to be able to help you change your response now. Doing it on your own is impossible, my friend. That's how trauma works. You cannot do this on your own. So my encouragement for you performers, lean in where anyone, anyone that has felt abused in any scenario, especially if it's still happening, lean into the support that you have. Do you have friends? Do you have um, partners or a partner? Do you have coworkers, colleagues? Do you have family maybe? Who do you have around you that can support you? And do you have a professional? Do you have a therapist? Do you have a life coach? Do you have someone who has the training to also work on that with you? I want to remind you that there is absolutely no shame in asking for help. I provide this kind of help for my clients all the time. And then when it comes to me, I froze. I was having issues speaking up for myself and asking for help from the security because it's not about, um, it's, it's not possible (laughs) in these scenarios when you're going through trauma, it's not possible for you to just do it on your own. It's not about just changing your thinking or just being more confident. You actually have to have the outside support to practice it. And my friend, that is where confidence comes from. It's from knowing that you are not on your own. If you were on your own, then confidence would just be stupidity. To be on your own and do all of your life alone is is not healthy, is not good, is not admirable, and it is what we encourage in our culture, uh, and I'm just not here for it. That is not, that is not the truth. We are not meant to be doing life solo. So lean into support, and if you need support, if you need a professional... I would love to do that with you. I would love to work on this with you. And um, I've even offered my clients before to be that third party that goes and has these conversations with um, whoever it is that you need to have the conversation with. You can, I can be a, um, a teammate for you in that conversation. So that is that. Um, this is sort of the conclusion of our um, of our series on the gay sex industry. And while being a go-go boy is not really, um, in the sex industry, I mean, it's in the erotic spectrum, right? Uh, 
I just thought it was appropriate to share this story with you and share this insight with you. So thanks for being here today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And let's take let's take these three takeaways. One, support. You deserve to be supported. And you are a powerful force who can be such an awesome support to others. Autonomy. Every human is born with autonomy that deserves respect. So let's not force ourselves on other people. Let's not take away their autonomy and let's encourage other people when they say no. Let's encourage autonomy amongst each other in the community. And consent. Let's encourage consent. Let's ask and let's normalize being asked. When someone does something to you that is not consensual without asking, it is wrong. They are in the wrong no matter what you've done. Even me dancing in my underwear is not consent for someone to touch my private parts. It is permission for them to watch and observe and enjoy. But you want to touch, you gotta ask. (laughs) And we are not naked in the bedroom, and we are not here to have sex with each other. So those three, support, autonomy, consent. Every every human can give them, and every human deserves having them. Thanks for being here today. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) And I'll see you on the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with a friend so they too can become more confident. You can also help more people find the show by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen. And if you want to become a more confident queer with support from yours truly, head to coachalexray.com or use the link down in the show notes. I'm looking forward to working with you.